in a series that we've been uh, going through the last several weeks. We're going through some spiritual disciplines to know the life. What's the life God's called us to live? A life that God has called us to live is an abundant life, a life that's, that, that you enjoy. Doesn't mean there's not going to be difficulty. Doesn't mean there's going to be struggles. But he has come to give you life and life more abundantly is what John 10.10 10 says. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give you life, life more abundantly. So the things that, that bring about abundant life in you, that comes from God. The things about steal, kill, and destroy, that is not from God. That's the enemy's plan to take you out and to destroy you. And the only way to overcome that is to walk in the life that Jesus has for us. So we've been talking about this whole idea of what are some things that disciplines that we need to have in our life to help us. We talked about prayer, the importance of prayer. We talked about meditation and not the Eastern, or you know, and just doing whatever, but a meditation of, of listening and, and quieting ourselves before the Lord for what he wants to speak to us, for what he wants to tell us. Meditating on the word, the Bible talks about in Joshua 1.8, to meditate on the word. And when you do that, it'll bring, it'll bring success and prosperity into your life. When you meditate on the word of God. So we talked about that. We talked about uh, worship. We talked about gratitude. Now, I don't know about y'all, but on this, since we've been talking, since we talked about gratitude, how many were here when we talked about gratitude? I remember we talked about my personal pet peeve of gratitude. As if, if you let someone in front of you, and they, you're in line and it's a lot of traffic and you're like, oh, come on through. And they don't give you the, the wave, that thank you wave. It drives me crazy. And that's why we don't have Thrive bumper stickers, because some of y'all haven't learned to wave yet. And last thing we need is you not waving and pulling in front of them. They're like, oh, Thrive Worship Center, bunch of non-grateful people. All right? So we don't have them. We ain't about getting our name out there. We want to get Jesus out there. But here's the thing is, is I have this last couple of weeks, I have been so, I've just noticed every wave. Like, I wave back. Like, they're saying thank you. I'm like, oh, thank you for waving. I mean, I'm so excited about people that are grateful because you start to, you notice it more when you're thinking about it. So we talked about gratitude and we talked about the unsupporting of that. And then last week we talked about simplicity. And last week was really about simplifying our life because life has gotten really complicated. Life has gotten so busy, so crazy. It's just we can't stop. We can't slow down. We're so focused on everything that we're missing the simple basic principles. We're missing some of the simple things of life because we're just so busy. You know, we have, we have everything at our access all the time. We can work 24-7 if we want to. We can just work, 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 work and, and miss out on all of life and miss out on family and miss out on friendships and miss out on rest and miss out on things that are good for you and that are necessary for you. So we talked about that last week. This week, we're talking about something. This was, I'll be honest with you, this was something that really challenged me this week studying it. And um, so we're going to jump into it. You ready? We're going to talk about confession and the importance of confession. Now, when I say confession, there's a lot of different things that can come to your mind. There can be, you can look at that as a positive thing. You know, we have all of our positive confessions, we say. You can look at it. As a negative thing, like, oh, I have to tell everybody all I'm doing wrong, you know. But, but there's part of, we're going to talk about both of those because they're both important. But there's something about confession that actually requires you 
speaking, being real and open and honest with God, with yourself, and even with others. And we, we, we have a tendency that as a church, this is where I think the church, um, I think we can't get so frustrated. and I don't think we can always blame the world that the world seems to be a dark place. I think darkness is the absence of light. So if we're light and light expels darkness, then we should be able to make a difference in this world around us. And part of that's going to come from when we can, when we cannot have this, and just I'm being careful how I say this, okay? So just understand where I'm going. Before you get crazy, just wait till it's over, and then you come talk to me or send me an email, and I'll let Chris read it. So, um, but here's the thing. We have, we got this facade sometimes we want to put on in the church that when people come in and they have a struggle, our, our, our posture is it almost looks like we, we don't ever struggle. And sometimes in the, in, in the extreme faith movement, we're not allowed to talk about struggles. Everything has got to be positive. Everything has to be upbeat. Everything has to be, you know, oh, this is it, and this is what I speak, this is what I say. But at the same time, if we, if we never are real about the, the places in us, that God needs to work on, it's going to be very difficult for someone to come to us and open up in that same way. Now, don't get me, I'm not saying we go extreme and all we talk about is how, how, what we struggle and our difficulties and, and whatever, but there are some places where you have to, before you can really get to where you're going, and you've heard me say this before, but before you get to where you're going, you have to know where you are. You have to be honest about where you are. And in this spiritual discipline series we're doing, there are things that we need to be able to say, I don't do this well, and I want to grow. And allow people to come around us and help us. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a, a, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Some people, I used to say that scripture out of context and say, my brother was born for adversity because... We were going at it all the time. That's why he was born, to just get on my nerves. But that's not what it's saying. They were born to be there for you in times of adversity, in difficult times. And that's how we should function as the body of Christ. We need to function where we can be honest and real with one another. So let's talk a little bit about these different things of confession. All right? Uh, look at Ephesians 4, verse 11. It will be up on the screen. Ephesians 4, verse 11 through 13 says this. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Okay, it's not my fault as your pastor. I'm a gift, and you can't return me. Okay? So, but here's the deal. Here's what the responsibility of those five offices. Here's the responsibility. is to equip God's people to do his work, not yours. To equip God's people to do God's work. And build up the church, to build up, to strengthen, to grow the church, okay? Verse 13, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be, what's the next word? Mature, 
part of what God instructs, part of what God wants to do, and he uses these different offices at times to do that. Now, you know, people may say, well, okay, well, okay, so I'm a pastor, but here's the deal. I'm going to be, I am going to be liable before God for what I, for what I teach. According to James, there is a strict guideline for teachers. So I stand before God. That's why in, in 20-some years of, of, of being in ministry, I still get very nervous. And sometimes I'll, I'll have water, which I didn't have up here today, but, but there will be times where I, I'll drink a glass of water, I'll, I'll have gum or something, because sometimes I literally, like, gag because I'm nervous. I mean, it's just like, I used to do that before, like, a tournament when I played, when I played ball or something. Before a tournament, I'd, like, I'd get so worked up. I'd be like, all right, let's play. You know, I mean, it was like, what is that? It's just my nerves were going. And here's part of the reason is because it's a big responsibility. I'm going to stand before God for the things that I teach. And that's why I pray and say, Lord, make sure, please, show me and teach me and speak through me. Because I don't want to mess anybody up. But we are supposed to grow and be equipped and become mature in the things of God. And that maturity comes from being able to acknowledge things where change needs to happen. And that's part of what God's called us to do. So let's talk about some different places where it talks about confession. First of all, you can't even get saved without confession. Romans 10, verse 9 and 10 says this, If you openly declare, or if you confess, is what one translation says, that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing your heart that you're made right with God, and by openly declaring your faith that you're saved. One translation says it this way, that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus died and rose from the dead, we'll be saved. So part of salvation comes through confession. Speaking that Jesus is Lord. He forgave us of our sins. He died and he rose again for us. It's that simple. That you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart. Let's go to the next scripture. Look at Philippians 2.10. At, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare, that's the same Greek word, therefore confess, that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. It's another place where we confess what we know to be true. There's part of confession that means this. It means to agree with and to speak. That's part of confession. So there's two different places where there's two different uh, definitions in the Greek where the word confess is used. And one of them is uh, in agreement. So you're confessing what you know the word is, what you know the truth is. And it is that Jesus is Lord. And here's the thing. It's better to confess it now because I'm telling you, one day, whether you want to or not, in the last day, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue will confess. I had a guy one time told me, I mean, he was straight up, bold as could be. I will never. He, I mean, he was anti-anything God. And I didn't argue with him. But I kind of walked away like, okay. But I left thinking, one day, brother, you're going to confess it. One day, everybody will. 
You're confessing what we already know to be true, that Jesus is Lord. Now, making him, allowing him to be Lord of your life, there's things that you have to do to contribute to that. But Jesus is Lord. He is, he's God. And so that confession, it lines that up. So let's, here's another place of confession. Look at Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. So, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain to the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, full of, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and wash our body. Our bodies have been washed with pure water. Look at this next verse. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. One translation says, let's hold fast. Let's hold fast to the confession of our faith or to the profession of our faith. Let's hold fast to what we speak and what we know is true about God's word. Let's hold fast to the confession of God's word. Let's hold on to it. And then it says this, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. So some of what confession is, and this is absolutely true. I am not against confession. I confess things. You should confess things. There's times when if if you're in a situation and financially it's tough, that I confess, God, you are my provider. And even though right now things look very dim, right now when I look at the account, I'm like, whoa. But God, you are my provider. And I can confess with my mouth in agreement to what the word of God says. So if someone says, oh, man, you're you're on your own there, you know what? My God will never leave me. My God will never forsake me. I am not alone. Okay, well, it's impossible for you to see that. All right, let me just have this confession. For all things are possible with God. You can confess the word. There's nothing wrong with that. Confess the word of God. There's power in that confession. There's power in your words. James 3 talks about the power of the tongue. You can bless people or you can curse people. It can bring life. It can bring death. People say, yeah, but words alone really don't hurt. Yes, they do. Listen, when I was in high school, I'll never forget when I stood before a judge and his words were either going to help me or hurt me. I I I didn't do anything major, okay, don't. Hey, what do we not know about this guy, you know? No, it was just, I was just going a little fast and tried to outrun a police officer and nothing went well about that. But here's the thing, as, as when, the, when, the, when the judge says, this is the consequence, hey, it's the consequence. Why? Because he's got authority. And he spoke, and he spoke with authority. And those words had power to it. God's word has power to it. Have you known anyone to say, let there be light, and light comes on? Have you known anyone who said, let there be mountains, and mountains show up? No. God did that. God created the world. He spoke. He said, let there be, and there was. So there's power 
in God's words. Now, you can try it your own way. Let there be Swiss cake rolls. They're not, right? But when God says it, there is. So if you're speaking in agreement and confessing God's words, God's words are powerful. And you can confess that and you can speak that. So there is part of that confession that, that's real and that's important and should be a part of our everyday life. And that's what we have talking about. But now I want to go to this other confession that we go to God. When we confess not things just about what God has said, but let's confess things to God. Let, look at Psalms 32. This is David. Here's what he says. He says, what joy for those whose, those, whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. See, that's us, y'all. We've been forgiven. Your sin has already been paid for. Whether you understand that or not, it's been paid for. Jesus took sin and he paid it on the cross once and for all. So if you're at a restaurant today and somebody buys your meal, do you have to buy it again? No. It's been paid for. So Jesus said, so David is saying here, yeah, what joy it is for those whose sins have been cleansed and, and forgiven. Then he says, what joy for those who, who record the Lord, whose, whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete, what's the next word? Honesty. Complete honesty. And here's where David starts talking about honesty. He says, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Then he says this, finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will conf confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me and all my guilt is gone. And that's David talking about when... In the time of his life, when he, when he knew where he had missed it, and he just wanted to conceal it, he just wanted to kind of not go there. But then it said that when he did that, it, just things, it was just hard. It was tough. His body was wasting away. It was, it was a horrible place to be. But when he confessed it and was open with it, his guilt was completely gone, and he was cleansed from it. That's what confession does. Now, let's look at another passage here. Look at 1 John chapter 1. This is the message we heard from Jesus, and now we declare it to you. So where is this message coming from? All right, let me read the first part again, then I'll ask you again. This is the message we heard from Jesus, and now declare it to you. So where is this message coming from? Perfect. Here's what he says. God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. So, if we are, so we're lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. But if we're living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now listen to this. This is New Testament. Okay, this is, this is if we claim we have no sin, we're fooling ourselves. And we're not living in the truth. Let me just stop right here for a second. I have said several times and will continue to say that we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. So I am not at all putting a label on us saying we're just a bunch of sinners. 
What I am saying is we're righteous people because of Jesus is the only reason we're righteous, not because of our actions. It's because of Jesus. But righteous people fall. Righteous people mess up. And if we want to paint a picture that we don't mess up and that we don't struggle and that we don't ever have that moment of fear rise up in us or that moment of question or doubt about something, the greatest way to walk through that and to be victorious in that is to recognize Yeah, because I have seen some of the strongest faith people I know go through something and feel completely condemned that they got a little nervous, that they got a little scared. See, things, there are times that, I mean, this is, it's clear that we can't, none of us can say, oh, I don't ever do anything wrong. We, we, we have that, and there's part of our confession to God, and this is what I want you to get. Well, let's finish this. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth, verse 9. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all signs of wickedness, from all of it. If we claim we've not sinned, we're calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. So here's, the, here's what I'm saying about this. God has already, through Jesus... Paid for your sin. So your confession of sin to God or your area where I I missed the mark and you can be honest to God about that. That's not for God to do anything and and send Jesus down again. Jesus, they did it again. Head back down. I'm sorry. They they keep doing that. You got to just keep dying and dying and dying. That's not it. We're forgiving. But you know what it does when you can recognize when you miss the mark, it does a couple of things. One, it shows you your need for Jesus. It helps you realize that you're human, and in your humanness, there's struggle. But what else it does, it helps, it helps you realize, look, let, let's, let's put it in regular relationships. Listen, when we, when we hurt one another, sometimes what helps restore and bring a good, healthy relationship it's just confessing that, hey, maybe I was a little hard on you. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I shouldn't have acted that way. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Of that part of just being honest about the mistake. Being honest about the struggle. And see, for me, when I, I'm telling you, when I was studying, I was like, you know, I, I, no one likes to talk about where we miss it. And in some ways, we've almost been taught that we're not supposed to. And I agree that we're not, we don't need to run around talking about how frustrated and defeated we are. We can never do anything right. We're just horrible, wicked people. That's not what I'm saying. But to be able to recognize when we miss the mark. I'll never forget when Chase was little, um, we, we went to McDonald's. We got a little Happy Meal, and they would get these juice boxes. Some of you remember this story, but these juice boxes. And when I was a kid... Believe it or not, they had juice boxes when I was a kid, too. When I was a kid, I used to think it was hilarious to, when I first opened it, to take a couple of sips and then blow in the, ju- in the juice box. And then when you stop, it actually shoots juice out the straw really fast. If you've never tried that, go home and get you a juice box. <laughs> okay? But it makes a complete mess. And it's juice, most of the juice that you, they have in those will stain. So... I, because of my wisdom and knowledge and understanding, I told my kids, look, don't blow in the, ju- in the juice box. 
Just a couple minutes later, Chase comes downstairs, drenched in juice. He's like, Dad, I spilt. I'm like, you spilt? I said, did you blow in the jukebox? No. I said, you didn't blow in the, in the straw. No. It just, it just came out. I was like, okay. So I decided I'm not going to get all worked up over it. So I was like, all right, well, you need to go change. I'm at the juice box, just go change. All of a sudden, here comes Chase. Dad. I'm like, well, I blew in the juice juice box. (laughs) And he confessed it. Now, when he confessed, I wasn't holding that over over his head. I knew he blew in the juice box. It doesn't just spill like that through a tiny little straw. It's got a pinhole in it. You got to, just to get juice. But you know what? It didn't. You know what that did, though, when he confessed it? It just brought this honesty phase in our relationship that just made it seem like, you know what? Like, I even told him, I said, bro, you're not even going to get in trouble for that. I mean, yeah, you disobeyed. You lied. Two things that we could take care of right now. And if my grandma was here, you would already be crying. <laughs> but you know what? I appreciate that you came to me because it, 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 it did something for our relationship. Even though he was young, it did something. That's what it is sometimes. We can go to God and just say, hey, I messed up. I knew I shouldn't have done that. You know, I knew I, I, just, I just got frustrated. And it's then that you find that God forgives you and that he cleanses you of it. Because all of a sudden, because remember how we read earlier, when you confess it, it's like the guilt goes away. And when you confess to the Lord and, and, and he cleanses you of all traces of unrighteousness, it just, it's like, oh, because it's kind of out. And you're able to do that. So you're, we, you share and you can be honest with the Lord about that. Now, here's another part that we're going to get into here that this is where it gets a little bit scary. And we'll talk about it, but I'll put the scripture up and then we'll talk about it. Look at James 5, 16. Confess your sins, not just to God. Confess your sins to who? Hold up. So what you're saying is, I got to tell somebody else? Listen, this is not saying that every time you mess up, you get on Facebook, hey, y'all, I said something I should not have said today. I'm not saying that you go let everybody know all your struggles. There's some things that God just takes care with you, and you recognize that before God. And, but then there's also this place of if we read that verse completely, it says confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Because there's some things that just, there's just some healing that happens when you decide to not live life on your own and you decide that it's okay to be transparent about a struggle or a difficulty. Because I'm going to tell you, the lonely battle is very seldom won. If it's just you, very seldom do you win that battle in your thoughts, in your actions. You've tried it. All right, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. But it's when you can get that out. Now, we're going to talk in a minute about 
how careful you need to be about that. But there is some health in being able to realize that when, when this is in the word, it's there for a reason. Confess even your struggles to one another so you can pray for one another and then you can be healed. It's all part of that. Let's be real. Listen, I do not understand. All right, let me say that a different way. I want to make sure for me that I'm not a pastor that elevates myself or makes you, gives you any impression that I got things all together. Because I'm telling you, I've told you this before. You know what? I got stuff too. We all do. We all do. Are there times when as strong as, strong as I know and just as clear as I know what God has called me to do, are there times where I think I'm not in the right place? Are there times I wonder, can I really do this thing? Are there moments of doubt that come into my life? Yes. Yes. I, I am not... <laughs> Listen, do I, get, do I operate in patience all the time? No. Are there ever times where I don't handle a situation right? There are. Listen, I've, you could talk to the staff. There's days I come in and by the end of the day I'm like, listen, y'all, I may have been a little rough today. And they're in the corner of their office saying, maybe, maybe, you know. But the thing is, is if we, if we can be real, it invites other people to be real. If we can say, you know, I've just been struggling. Just been struggling with fear when, when I see where our nation's at and what's going on with this world. I just, I get nervous about my kids growing up in this world. What's it going to be like when, when they're older? What are they going to face? And to be able to say, yeah, I know, sometimes I, I wrestle with that same thing. As opposed to, bless God, don't even think about it. God is good all the time, hallelujah, we're going to heaven. <laughs> right, but right now I'm not in heaven and it's a little nerve-wracking. Doesn't mean we still can't speak faith and believe faith, but at the same time, sometimes can we just rally around someone who's hurting? And not try to fix them real, like right there on the spot. Sometimes the fixing part comes when they can just confess it. Yeah. It starts to bring freedom. To be able to be real and, and do that. So when we say let's confess to one another, there, there's things that it's just, sometimes that stuff's in there and you know. You know God's dealing with you. You know it's not right. And it's hindered you and you've struggled. And it's hindering you from going forward in certain things. You just need to be able to say it. When I was in, all right, y'all, y'all want to see how human your pastor is? When I was in Bible college, did you hear that? Bible college. See, I was never known for my, um, you know, I was never the smartest cat in the, in the group, Right? People thought my driveway didn't go all the way to the road. It was like, he's missing it just a little bit. My GPA, one point something. And uh, 
I blocked it out. I don't even want to know. Uh, I graduated. My senior year, I had four science classes because I failed them all through high school. And most of it was not applying myself. But I struggled. So I get into Bible college because they, they'll, they'll take you. They don't care about your GPA. They're like, bless your heart. You love Jesus? Yeah, come on. Come on. <laughs> and uh, so I go to Bible college. I'm just kidding. I, I knew I was supposed to go. I knew God had called me into ministry. But so I go, I go to Bible college, and, and my freshman year, I'm in, I'm in class. And, and this class was, it just, it just was a little, it was just a, a little boring. Um, and it was called Pentateuch. We called it Pentateuch because it just the way it was, it was just such a boring class. Now, it's the first five books of the Bible, so that's good. But it was just the, the lectures and all that. It was just kind of like, oh. So we had this assignment, you know, because you get these major papers in college and you have to do them um, to pass. And, and so the grade was, I need you to do a 10-page paper. Um, and then... Uh, then you need to get up in front of the class, and you need to talk about it, and then they're going to just ask you questions. Now, my paper was on the skin coverings of the tabernacle. That was my topic. And I'm like, I'm never going to use that. Today, I want to I speak to you about the skin coverings of the tabernacle. Like, oh, bless the Lord. That is so powerful. I'm like, what is, how's that going to change someone's life? There was porpoise skin. There was badger skin. There was wonderful skins for the tabernacle. So anyway, I had to do this project, and I was never a great, like I said, a perfect student. So I, I do my research, and I do this paper, and I know it's like it's not, my grammar's not real good. I mean, I'm, I know I'm not going to get a super, super good grade. But I did do the best I could on it, and I thought, the only hope I have is to just nail it on the presentation, right? When I get up there, just confidence. Let's talk about some skin coverings, y'all. You know what I'm saying? So I get up there, and um, I knew there was going to be some questions, but I knew I had to look really, I had to be on my game. Now, this is where my confession comes in. I strategically planted three people to ask a question. Okay? So I told Tim Ward, Jason Cobos, and Rob Baker, I said, listen, I need y'all to ask me this question at the end of my thing. And they were like, okay. Because usually there's only time for two or three questions. And I got to pick. So if everybody raise their hand, I'm still picking the three that I know. <laughs> so I say this, and and. All of a sudden, I was like, okay, so is there any questions? And my teacher is sitting at the desk in the corner, and I was like, is there any questions? I'm looking around, and Tim raised his hand. I was like, yes, go ahead. He's like, now, when you were talking about the badger skin, da-da-da-da. And I was like, Tim, I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> I said, the Latin word there is tahash. And what that means is, and Ms. Gordon, she's like, whoa. Like, he just broke out a Latin word. And I'm like, yeah. So then I was like, next. Okay, Jason, go ahead. He starts talking. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. You know what? There's another, there's another Hebrew word, taxis, that has to do with this particular skin that comes. And I am like, I'm, I'm nailing it. And the teacher's like, oh. She's just shocked. So we get through the three questions. 
And she comes up to the class, and she literally gets in front of the teacher. She says, listen, y'all, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) She said, as you can tell, he didn't just get a paper done. He dove into that. And I looked while he was talking. None of this stuff is in his paper. That's just knowledge that he gained in his study and his learning. And I'm going, oh, no. So because of my spirituality, I just said, Lord, thank you for that blessing. And if you want to tell her, go right ahead. But I'm not saying nothing. Well, then I get my grade. And I'm like, oh, an A. Like, I never got those. And I'm telling you, I knew. You don't deserve it. Like, you lied. You were deceitful. And then the other side of me was like, but I got an A. (laughs) God will forgive me for the A. Right? But here's what I did. I went that that, well, after I got my grade, I went to my teacher, and I, and I put it on the desk, and I said, look, I don't deserve that. And she goes, you did a great job, Scott. I was like, to you, but I know nothing about skin coverings. I told them to ask those questions, and I specifically had those Hebrew Latin words in front of me because I just wanted to nail my performance. So I was deceitful. I kind of was trying to be funny, too. It wasn't all like, ah. I thought it would be hilarious for people to think that I'm that smart. <laughs> but you know what? She still gave me the A. And she says, you know what? I thought it was, it was funny now that I know. And you did a good job at it. <laughs> but I appreciate you coming in and confessing that. And I'm just telling you, I had this... Guilt I was struggling with. And as soon as I told her, even if she would have changed it to a C, I would have been okay. Because as soon as I said it, I walked out of her office like, whew, I'm not carrying all that. And there's some healthy stuff about that, y'all. There's something healthy about being able to just, just being able to say, I just, I just got to tell you, I'm struggling with this. I, 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 I just didn't do what I was supposed to do. See, we're supposed, to be, we're supposed to be the body of Christ, right? Isn't that what we're supposed to be? We all have a part to play. We all, but listen, we all hurt. We all struggle. We all miss the mark. And sometimes the reason that we continue to struggle and continue to struggle and continue to struggle is because we try to fight it alone. And, and I've heard people say, yeah, but you know what? Technically, you do only need God. You're right. But God's the one that said that there's strength in numbers. God's the one that said in his word, one can put a thousand to fight, two, ten thousand. God says a cord of three strands is not easily broken. God says confess your sin one to another. God says go to your brother. God's the one that talks about the strength that we have in living life together. And, and stop trying to put this facade on that we're all so super spiritual. Because reality, what makes us spiritual is the honesty and the authenticity that we walk in. That when we do miss it, that we confess it and then we own up to it and say, you know what? I've messed up too. But God is, I'm right back on track. Because righteous people fall. But 
they get back up. And we can help each other. Now, the other side of this is that's not just for you to go talk to anybody about your stuff. But you need to be able to talk to someone who knows the, the word, knows the Lord, that can, that's not going to condemn you, that's not going to shun you. This is what we're supposed to be about right here, especially those, that first one. That's where it all starts, to embrace people where they are. We don't even encourage them yet. We don't equip them or even empower them. What we start with is we love you, and God loves you just like you are. And when we embrace people for who they are, that door will open for us to begin to encourage them. That door will open for us to begin to equip them with resources and with the word and things that can help them. But sometimes it's got to start with us being able to just say, you know what? I'm hurting. I'm struggling. I'm having this challenge, this temptation. And when you can do it and you can be honest about it, I'm telling you, it, it changes it changes everything. It changes everything. We have to be people that are willing to be honest and real about us. And then we have to also have to be people that can allow others in our life to be honest and real. And, and, and I'm, I'm asking you, especially with this, to really pray about this. Because there were some things in this that challenged me. And even in my thinking about how healthy is it to, to really talk about all that stuff. But reality is, even if it's just a, even if it's not a major sin, it's just this place you just keep hitting. You just can't, can't quite, you can't quite get over that thing or that stuff. Pray, ask the Lord to show you. Lord, is there someone that can just be with me there and help me? Someone that can walk with me through this. You know, I mean, you've, you've seen me do this, but it's the greatest analogy. Your human body works the way the spiritual body is supposed to work. And you don't have to train your human body to do it. If you're, if you're hammering and you miss and you hit your thumb, you don't have to start thinking, okay, right now, Okay, thumb is telling me I need to yell, ouch. Hey, do you think this, hey, could you go hold that one? Hold the, hold the thumb, he's hurting. Yeah, yeah perfect. Per you don't do that. It naturally happens. Just like, pow, ow, Ugh! right? That's what happens. You, you twist an ankle, stub your toe. You don't have to say, okay, all right, what am I going to do? No. You know what happens? Your hands find a way to get to that toe. Your, your, that toe finds a way to signal, send a signal to your brain, to your mouth to say, somebody holler. Tells the rest of your body, don't move. Don't, don't, nobody take another step. Big man is injured. And that's what happens. But there's no, you don't have to think about it. It's like, boom, ow, ow. You stop, right? Your body naturally does that. Your body naturally gravitates. Your other leg naturally starts to take more weight. You start to limp. 
Your legs not over here saying, I ain't doing it. <laughs> no, man, y'all ain't, no, nah, put, don't put all that on me. It doesn't do that. So spiritually, you know what's supposed to happen when someone misses it, someone gets hurt, someone misses the mark, someone's struggling? It should be a natural thing that the body of Christ rallies around them and says, we got you. It's going to be okay. We'll, we'll help you. We'll, we'll, we'll take a load for you. We'll, we'll carry this for you. We'll help you walk through this. But sometimes we can never help someone if we're not aware that there's a struggle. We can never encourage someone. We can never pray with someone if we don't know the struggle. So again, I'm not saying that every, every time you have a little struggle, just start calling. But I'm saying there's things that have hindered you, things that you've struggled with, that you have felt probably condemned over or feel shameful that you couldn't even talk to someone about. Because they're going to think you're not as spiritual as, as you want them to think. And I want to just diffuse that right now and say, actually, you're lining up more with the word. When you can be real about who you are, you're actually more walking in more of a spiritual place than those who just on the outside want to say it all. But on the inside, they're hurting and they're struggling, but they don't want to let anybody in. So for me, look, let's just continue to allow the Lord to help us. I'm not, we're not ending this with turn around and tell your neighbor your biggest struggle. Okay, we're not doing that. That's you. That's up to you. you got to find, let the Lord lead you to that person that you really trust. There's people that you don't need to talk to. But there are people that God can bring in your life to say, look, they're here to help you. They're here to encourage you. And they can, they can just be there. And if you're the one they talk to, don't try to fix it right away. Don't try to, don't condemn them. Like, are you serious? What are you so afraid of? What? No, it's like, man, it's got to be tough to be that afraid. You know what? I'm, I'm here for you. Let me pray with you. That's what it says. Confess your sins one another and then pray for one another. So if someone comes to me, okay, Matt comes to me and says, you know what? I'm really struggling believing that God really loves me. If he's feeling that, I could just say, well, he does. <laughs> Still does, man. Bible says it. So, the masculine lady thing, and I feel like an idiot. <laughs> well, I know what the Bible says. I, I, I don't feel it, though. But if I was to say, man, that's, that's not a good feeling. And let me pray for you. Let's pray. Because I know times in my life when, when I haven't always felt it. I know times in my life when, when I looked at how I lived, you know, growing up, and I was on fire for God, and then I didn't want anything to do with him, and I just went through this whole up and down phase of my life, and there were times where I thought, God, you got to be disappointed in me. you got to be upset with me. But you know what? The Lord encouraged me, and he helped me. So let me pray with you. And then you just pray. Lord, we have our stuff. We come to you today knowing that you do love us, but sometimes it's tough if we don't feel it or if we don't sense it. Will you just kind of remind us in your own special way this week, that you care, that you love us. Help us to remember what your word says. Help us to stand strong. But in these moments, I thank you for the honesty we can have with each other. And you're going to find that most of the time, just in being able to reveal it, freedom already starts. I mean, healing already begins. Because you can be real. You can be real. That's my, that's my greatest desire for our church. It's not to fill every seat. 
It's not to be a mega church. I want us to go out and make a difference. Whether they come in here or not, it's not my business. My job is to equip us to be as healthy and mature as we can be. So when we're out there, the world sees something different. The world sees light. And they think, man, they struggle too, but, but they got hope. They walk through those struggles. What is it about them? And we can help them connect to the Jesus that we have that promises to help us. So confession is not just confessing all the good. We need to confess the word. You have to do that. It's important. But there's this also this place of confessing when we miss it and being real about that with God and even being real about that with someone close to us that can help us and that can pray with us and encourage us on this journey.